Good morning, C3 uh, family and friends. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We're so glad that you're here. We're going to go ahead and get started in three, two, one. Good morning. Welcome to Christ Community Church. Thanks for joining us today. We encourage you guys to sing along and worship with us. Ready? Darkness tries to roll over my bones When sorrow comes to steal the joy I own When brokenness and pain is all I know And I won't be shaken No, I won't be shaken Cause my fear doesn't stand a chance When I stand in your love doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. And shame no longer has a place to hide. And I am not a captive to Behind, and I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. Cause my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. There's power that can break off every chain. There's power that can empty out a grave. There's resurrection power that can save. There's power in your name. There's power in your name. There's power that can break off every chain. There's power. There's resurrection power that can save. There's power in your name. There's power in your name. Cause my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I Stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your Good morning, Christ Community Church. I hope everybody's doing great. I'm here to do the call to worship this morning, and I'll be reading from Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 through 19. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, all of your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. To the Lord your God belong the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth, and everything in it. Yet the Lord set his affection on your ancestors and loved them, and he chose you, their descendants, above all the nations as it is today. Circumcise your hearts, therefore, and do not be stiff-necked any longer. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. He defends the cause of the 
fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. And you are to love those who are foreigners, for you yourselves were foreigners in Egypt. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to lift up our church to you, lift up our church home and our family. Lord, I ask you to bless them with um, health and just uh, be their guide in all that they do. Lord, I ask you to be there for them to hear their cries for your help, Lord, your guidance and your wisdom. I just lift them all up to you, Lord, and I just thank you so much for all that you do. I ask you to be with Larry as he brings our message today. And again, thank you so much for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord, His mercy is more, stronger than darkness, new every morn, our sins they are many, His mercy is more. What love could remember, no wrongs we have done. Omniscient, all-knowing, He counts not their sum. Thrown into a sea without bottom or shore. Our sins, they are many, His mercy is full. so tender is calling us home he welcomes the weakest the vilest the poor our sins they are many his mercy is more praise the on us. His blood was the payment. His life was the cost. We stood neath the dead we could never afford. And our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. Praise the Hello, hello. Welcome to Christ Community Church. Good morning. Nice to see you. We are very happy that you're here with us this morning. And as always, the musicians did a great job. Yes, we're again, (laughs) once again, thankful and blessed to have Chris and his Band of Merry Men. I would have bet a million uh, bucks you were going to say uh, Band of Merry Men. Leading us into God's presence yes. with yes. songs of praise and worship, and we're just grateful. So, And we're grateful for you, and we're going to be uh, continuing our study with the Shema. We are. About love. 
Uh, that's going to be the, the, the word that we're going to focus on today. But uh, before we get into that, I think you have something you wanted to well, share. Well, just that, you know, Larry is going to move on in the study of the Shema to the word love today. Mm-hmm. And um, I am, you might know, uh, if you know me, <laughs> a lover of words and poetry. I teach poetry. Yes. And so I would say overwhelmingly, perhaps, most poems or so many poems are written about just a couple of topics um, many topics, but one of which is love. Death yes. is another one. Yes. You know, and um, so I started clicking around for some love hmm. poems that might be good to start. And I came across some beautiful poetry by the ancient mystics. So I'm going to open with a poem by um, Teresa of Avila. Hooray. I love her. So, but I can understand it. I, I love it. Well, you'll be able to understand her, right? this. <laughs> um, it's called Laughter yeah. from Every Brick, the name of the poem. And uh, she says this, Just these two words he spoke changed my life. Enjoy me. What a burden I thought I was to carry. A crucifix, as did he. Love once said to me, I know a song. Would you like to hear it? And laughter came from every brick in the street and from every pore in the sky. After a night of prayer, he changed my life when he sang, enjoy me. Mm. So Teresa of Avila, of course, is saying that she heard a song. She prayed and heard a song, and the song came from heaven, and it was like laughter, and it said not what she expected. Take up the burden. That's all so true, uh, but enjoy me. The calling of God. Love me. Sounds like what God would have said to Adam and Eve. Just enjoy yeah, this. Just enjoy me. And she enjoy calls me. it laughter. Yeah. It's nice. That's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, as I said at the beginning, uh, we're going to continue our study this week with uh, just looking at the Shema in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4, 5, and 6. And as we've said before, this is a, a prayer, a declaration uh, that devout Jewish people have lifted to God every morning and every evening for 3,500 years. Um, just declaring their faith in God, their uh, need for God, and their desire to worship God. It's almost as if it's a creed. Yeah, exactly. A it is. statement yes. of faith. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And uh, Jesus, as I've said before, Jesus says that this is the most important commandment uh, or passage in the entire Old Testament. Find that very Significant, and you see it coming up as you read through the Old Testament. Yes, many, many times. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what what Jesus said was the most important commandment was this Shema: "Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God; the Lord is one. Therefore, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, and with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And let these words that I am commanding you today." Be on your hearts continually. And first week, we looked at the word hear or listen. That's where the word Shema comes from. Uh, uh, Then we looked last week at the word Lord. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. And we look at what does it mean, the Lord? And we looked at the idea that he's really referring to Yahweh. Mm -hmm. And uh, that Yahweh is our God. Yahweh is one. And then he follows that with, therefore, love the Lord your God. And so I wanted to talk today about this idea of love. Um, And I find it significant that in the Shema, what the writer is saying is that the appropriate response to being told or to understanding that the one true God is your God is to love Him. That's the response. Once you've been told and you understand that there is one true God and He's your God, what should I do? How should I respond to that? Love Him. Love Him. And so the Shema is really just a calling upon the people of God to respond to God's love for them by loving Him back. That's really... but. My question for us to think about today and what I want to try to answer is what does it mean? What does it mean when we are told in the Bible or when I say 
We should love God. What does that mean that we should love God? Um, and in Hebrew, as in English, this is not true in other languages, but in Hebrew and in English, the word love is a very broad word. It's a very uh, uh, multi, it's a word that has multiple meanings, I should say. Um, it, it, they all, all the meanings of love in Hebrew and in English, in some way relate to affection or feelings or desire for another person, right? Um, I can just give you some examples. Uh, in the Bible, uh, uh, the word love can mean uh, physical desire. Uh, the king of Persia loved Esther. But what, it, what it's, the context there is he had a, a strong physical desire for her because she was beautiful. Sure. Um, it can mean parental love. Abraham, the Bible says, loved Isaac. Isaac. Thank you. Well, for some reason, I don't say a lot. And Abraham did love <laughs> he a lot. Loved him but, too. But, he, but, but the Bible says different. that he that Abraham loved Isaac. Thank you. Um, the Bible says uh, that it can mean brotherly love. Um, Jonathan loved David. Okay. It can also mean national love or patriotic love, if you will. The Bible sure. says that. Uh, uh, the people of Israel loved David, their king. It wasn't just the person, David. They, they loved this king, this leader of the, of the nation, if you will. It can also mean, uh, it can also be used in the context of um, uh, uh, an alliance or a partnership of uh, two people that are working toward the same goal. They're working shoulder to shoulder together on something. It's what the, the example is, in the Bible is that uh, Hiram, the king of Tyre, loved David. Mm. But what it means, what the, yes. their context is, is that they were working on the same goal, the same projects. Where my mind went when it was that that series we we were watching about the Queen of England and oh the you know, crown, the crown, the crown, and where you know Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher loved each other. Yeah. Well, they loved each other because they were they had a common goal, they a common well project. Yes, yeah. FDR and Churchill. They loved each other because they were working on the same project. All of those Old Testament examples that I've just given you, as well as many more that we don't have time for, all help us see different facets of what biblical love entails. That makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, sure. But at the end of the day, we understand that we understand yes. that we love ice cream and that we love each other and yes. that we love the task our pets and, and, right. and our jobs right. and sports sure. and everything. Sure. Yeah. But at the end of the day, ninety percent, seventy-five to ninety percent. I don't know exactly, but the overwhelming majority of the examples in the Bible of what it means to love all go back to how God loves us. The Bible challenges us to love God and to love others. Well, how do we do that? Watch how God loves us, and we should follow suit. That's, that's sort of the idea. Um, I want to stop and say this. I found in my studies, I found it very interesting. You know, the Shema was written as a response to all the God's little G and all the religions of the neighboring countries that surrounded Israel. There is not one record of any of those gods of the of the nations that surrounded Israel. None of those gods are ever recorded as loving their people. They helped their people. They protected their people. Oh, they provided point. for their people. They they did, you know, according to the to, to the people's beliefs, their gods did good things for them. But it never once says their gods loved them. That is a an attribute that was unique to Yahweh, and the the Torah, the book that. Uh, Yahweh wrote and that reveals him and his relationship with his people is filled with examples and declarations that he loved 
his people. Mm. I find that so interesting. Uh, Let me just give you a few just to make sure that you get the idea in Deuteronomy 7. The Bible says, God showed you his affection and chose you out of all the people on the earth because of his love for you. In Nehemiah 9, it says, you are a God full of forgiveness and grace and mercy and patience and steadfast in your love for your people. In Jeremiah 31, it says, God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And the implication is, is that the love of God has no ending because it had no beginning. God has always loved his people. There was never a day when he didn't Started. love them. He didn't ever start loving them, so he never will stop loving them. And I love that idea. Mm-hmm. In Isaiah 54, the Bible says, the mountains and the hills may disappear, but my steadfast love for you will never depart. That's God speaking there. In Psalm 136, it says, give thanks to the God of heaven for his steadfast love endures forever. Forever, And then finally, in Lamentations 3, it says, the steadfast love of Yahweh never ceases. His mercies never end. God's love is never portrayed in the Old Testament as something that is a result of Israel seeking God's love or trying to do things to earn or deserve God's love. It, it never communicates the idea that the people of Israel, God loves the people of Israel because they benefit him in some way. It never communicates that. God is always portrayed as the as one that loves the people, his people, the people of Israel, because he chooses to, to love them. It's a self-originating love. It's a self-creating love. It's a self-motivating love. If that, is that you see what I'm saying there? I do. He I didn't do. look at them and go, wow. Like I looked at you one day and I said, wow, and I decided to love you. God never did that with his people. He always loved them. Um, but, you know, it's, it's important to me, at least, to also be reminded that God's love is not just dutiful and obligatory. God doesn't just love us because He's supposed to, or He made some eternal edict and now He's bound by it. I'm not saying that's not true, but that's not what the Bible declares. What the Bible says is that God's love is it's a true, genuine enjoyment and delight. God, God has a love for us that is, it fills him with delight. It fills him with joy. It, it, it makes him happy. The book of Hosea would say, would compare God's love to the love that a man has for a woman or that a parent has for his child. Um, God has no stronger emotion than his love for his people. In Zephaniah chapter 3, the Bible says, Yahweh takes great delight in you, and he quiets you with his love, and he rejoices over you with singing. I mean, what an incredible declaration, but even more so, what an incredible picture that literally when God thinks of us, he just burst into song. I mean, which is uh, what this poem said. That, that's that exactly. Well, that's it. why. That, that's why I loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Love once said to me, "I know a song. Would you like to hear it?" And she heard laughter and his his words. Yes. Enjoy so, me. Yes. Enjoy this. Yes. God's love. love for us gives him pleasure and enjoyment. It's not just a dutiful, obligatory type love. Um, I don't know where you're going, but the, 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 to reciprocate that way is an act of love. He just loves us, and so we just can just love him like that. And not only can we, but that's the challenge, that's the desire, that's the goal, is that we can and should love God because we are loved so yes. much, right? Yes. Um, God's love isn't just, though, in words and in feelings, it's not just that God makes this declaration or even feels love for us. He does. But it's more than that. God's love uh, 
obligates him or compels him to show that love, to reveal that love, to demonstrate that love. He, God, God's love forces him to act, to act out that love, if you will. Um, as, a, as a mom, as a wife, a thousand times a day, you are doing things to show your love to me and to Rainy and to your grandson, Teddy. That's not just a, I'm I'm not just saying that. That's really true. A thousand times a day, you are doing the, yes, you verbally express your love for us. Yes, you feel that love for us, but you're also showing that love. Your love compels you to do things uh, to demonstrate that you want to do it. Yes, it, well, it you want to do it, but you you almost can't help it, right? Um, Deuteronomy chapter four says, because of God's, it says, because of His love for you and your children, Yahweh brought you out of Egypt. His love for Israel compelled Him to do that which it took to bring them out of slavery. He couldn't just stand by and watch them suffer. Um, in the New Testament, we know this is this idea. Um, John chapter 3, for God so loved the world that he gave. He didn't just tell us that he loved us. He didn't just um, feel love for us. He had to do something. And what he did was he gave his son as a sacrifice. In 1 John chapter 4, I think it's verse 10, it says, here in his love, and then it goes on to say that the love of God um, uh, was demonstrated by the giving of his son as a sacrifice. It 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 resulted in acts of love, actions of love. And Julie, let me just stop and say this. Um, you might be going there, okay, okay, okay. You've convinced me. I know God loves me, but do you really? Because in my opinion, until we settle the question, does God really love me? Life will never work right. I will never uh, operate in, a, in life as God created me to, as God designed me to, if I am not convinced that God loves me. My view of life will be determined by how I answer that question. Does God really love me? It will determine how I see God. It will determine how I see myself, how I see other people, how I see this world. Am I convinced at the, you know, at the end of the day, no matter what happens, I find $50 bills under every bush or I get a bad report from the doctor or a, or a terrible phone call from the police about one of my children? Am I still convinced that God loves me? If I don't have that settled, things will not work right. I will live this life that is completely unsettled, unstable, flowing you know, from good places to bad places. My circumstances will drive my life because they're determining how I answer that question. Right. Rather than letting God's Word determine the answer yeah, to that, that question. That, Does that make assurance sense? of acting on the fact that God loves us is, the, is that whole standing on a rock or standing on shifting sand. Yes. You know, when the yes. wind blows, you just blow right Because the over. storm came to both of them. Well, it just comes. But the guy that built his house on the rock, he was convinced that God loved him. Yeah, that's right. The, the guy that was in the crashing house probably didn't. And uh, and some really good people in the Bible. I mean, people that were great people. It took them a long time to get to a place where they could really answer the question with a yes. Martha, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus is over there chat, having this loving chat with Martha's sister Mary, and Martha's frustrated and angry. And what does she say? She says, "Jesus, tell my sister to help me. Don't you care?" What you saying? Jesus, I'm not convinced you love me. Don't you love me too? The 12 disciples in that boat, storm. <laughs> and Jesus, help us. Don't you care? Wake up, Jesus. Don't you care? 
They weren't convinced. This is Mary and Martha and the 12 disciples. They were not convinced that God really loved them. And until there came a day, I think, when they all got it settled, and then that was a defining moment for them. And I would just say that we, we need to get that settled, that I wake up and before I get out of bed, I'm convinced God loves me. And I go through my day, come what may, and I get in bed, and no matter what happened that day, I'm still convinced that God loves me. And until I get that settled, it's not going to go right. Life is not going to go right. Um, Surely, the the last thing that I wanted to just say is this. Um, It's really where you were going earlier, and that is that the Shema would declare to us, and really the Torah would also declare to us, and the New Testament would declare as well, that it is right, it is wise, it is reasonable that we respond to God's love, His unconditional, abandoned, passionate, faithful love by loving Him in return. Uh, 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 in First John chapter 4, I think it's verse 18 or 19, it says that we can love because He first loved us. God loving us gives us the ability to love Him in return. Deuteronomy 10, it says, What does Yahweh ask of you but to fear Him and obey Him and love Him and serve Him? Notice, those are all actions. Right. That it's not just that I should intellectually love God back or even with tearful joy love Him back, but that my behavior should be affected by my understanding that I am loved by God. It should compel me to love Him indeed as He has loved me by His deeds. Um, the old, uh, anything less than that is just words. It's not real love, according to the Bible. That's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, you see what and I'm saying? And when we fail, which everyone does, the return to that love, to go which back, is important. To go back to the understanding that I am loved because God chose to love me, not because I followed all the rules and obeyed and did all right. these right things. But right. it still should be this this urging this nudging that I should try to obey and yes, serve yes. and follow because I am so loved. Last thing is this. Read the Old Testament, read the New Testament, and you will not be able to miss the, the, the clear, repeated declaration that there is no greater way that we can love God than by loving people that God loves. Um, The Bible says that David showed his best friend Jonathan love. Jonathan's already dead. David showed love to Jonathan by loving Mephibosheth, David's son. David showed Jonathan love by loving somebody that Jonathan loved. Right? Do we get that? That, I I mean, that's, that's so real for me. I love you. I really do love, I love you. you too. Yay. But one of the main ways that I show you love is I love your mom. That is true. I show you love by showing love to your mom. And for me to say, I love you, I love you, I love you, but I treat your mom unkindly or I ignore her or I, I'm mean to her, that, that my, my love for you is going to be hollow. It's going to ring untrue it's not you see what i'm saying and and so for for us to see that there is no greater way there are other ways and time won't allow us to get into all that today but one of the greatest ways and one of the most repeated ways that the bible tells us that we can show god love in response to his love for us is by loving people that god loves who does he love Deuteronomy 10 says that God loves and defends and provides for orphans and widows and foreigners, and you are to love like this. Psalm 82 says, defend the weak and orphaned 
and uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Isaiah 1 says, do righteousness, seek justice, and defend the oppressed, the fatherless, and the widow. And then James says, religion that God accepts as pure and real is the caring for the orphans and the widows that are in distress. And then finally, Paul says this in Romans 13, loving people accomplishes the real intent of God's laws. The Old Testament do's and don'ts add up to this. Love people like you love yourself. The sum total of the Old Testament is love. Isn't that great? Yes. I mean, isn't that great? The whole story is love. The whole story is learning to understand how much God loves us and letting that reality so impact us that we want to love Him in return. And one of the most powerful ways that I can love God in return is by loving the people that God loves. That's what I want us to think about this week. Would you um, close us with a point, I would, um, but I think I'm going to change my mind right here at the end. There is a poem. How exciting. It's good. It's good. (laughs) One of my favorite poets is a poet, Victorian poet, named Gerard Manley Hopkins. I know know Gerard. You don't. (laughs) And um, anyway, he wrote a poem called Kingfisher's um, Catch Fire, When Kingfisher's Catch Fire. And in there, it is a call to loving God. He was a Jesuit priest. And in there, um, I'm changing my mind because of the way your sermon went today. There's a line that says, it's for us to say, and it's also for Christ. The way the, the poem is established, this is a line for us to say, and it's also a line for Christ to say. So he mm. says it first, okay. and then we're supposed to do it too. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, Christ says, "What I, based on what you just said, what I do is me. For that I came. Mm. And so, of course, he's talking about his love for us and his death and all that. But what I do, what I what I did when I was here is me. Mm. For that I came. But then he, the poet pitches it to us, too. Wow. We're to say that, too. We're wow. to live lives in order to say, what I do is who I am. What I do is me. Wow. Wow. For that I came. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. And that calling is love. Yeah, and that's hard to remember sometimes in the busyness of all the things that we have made life, uh, you know. And those are mostly good things, I think. But at the end of the day, why am I here? And that which I do defines who I am. That is right. And I want to be a lover of God. And I want us to be a lo- be lovers of God, and I want our church family to be lovers of God. And we can do that uh, one very clear way, and that is by loving the people that we cross paths with. That's right. That Jesus loves. Love our neighbor with yes. all our hearts yes. and all our souls. Especially those in need. We're going to end today by celebrating the Lord's Supper, just to be reminded once again of why Jesus came, what He came to do. And uh, he came to give his body as a sacrifice uh, for our sins. And he shed his blood to provide covering or atonement for our sins so that we can stand before God in his righteousness. The Bible says clothed in his righteousness so that when God looks at us, if we've accepted the sacrifice of Christ and personalized it, put our faith in Him personally, God sees us as clothed in the very righteousness of His Son. And so we eat and we drink to declare that that is what we have personally placed our faith in. We believe and we are thankful and we declare that we are loved of God, not because we're worthy, but because God chose to love us And we declare that we want to respond by loving him in return. So let's eat and drink and remember and give thanks. Thank you for being with us today. Um, We bless you in the name of the Lord. And we pray that you have a wonderful week and that you will
Remember throughout this new week that you are loved, really loved from the top of your pointed head to the bottom of your smelly feet. You are loved, absolutely loved by Yahweh, the God of the Bible. Bless you. Amen. Let me be filled with kindness and compassion for the one. The one whom you loved gave your son for humanity. Increase my love. So help me to love with open arms like you do. A love that erases all the lines and sees the truth. Oh, that when they look in my eyes, they would see you. Even in just a smile, they would feel the Father's love. How you love us From the homeless To the famous And in between You formed us You made us carefully Cause in the end We're all your children So help me to love With open arms Like you do a love that erases all the lines and sees the truth. Oh, that when they look in my eyes, they would see you. Even in just a smile, they would feel the Father's love. So let all my life tell of who you are. Wonder of your never-ending love Let all my life tell of who you are That you're wonderful and such a good father Let all my life tell of who you are wonder of your never-ending love let all my life tell of who you are that you're wonderful you're such a good father that you're wonderful and such a good father so help me to love with open arms like you do it erases all the lines and sees the truth Oh, that when they look in my eyes They would see you Even in just a smile They would feel the Father's love So help me to love with open arms Like you do Love that erases all the lines and sees the truth when they look in my eyes and would see you even in just a smile they would feel the father's love even in just a smile they would feel the father's love thanks again for joining us this week we're christ community church come back next sunday we'll be here at 10 15 facebook live and youtube live right zach smith well, there you go. That's why you should come back. We'll see you next Sunday. Have a great week.